This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Castrovance, and this is our weekly look at the Cleveland Indians. I am joined by Jordan Bastian and silent partner Kaylee Adams in the background uh, from the Indians public relations team making some copies. Making copies. Remember that guy from uh, SNL? Yeah, Yeah. making copies. Good reference. Fun fact about Kaylee Adams, who works for the Indians PR department this year. Uh, For the past several years, there was a window pane that was stuck right in front of my seat. Yeah. And I called it my foul ball shield. And, you know, it became a running gag that, you know, they were protecting me from foul balls. Kaylee sent an email and got it fixed, and now I have an open-air view of the field. All it took was an email. <laughs> it was stuck for like four years. One email, fixed. Who do you email Thank in that situation, Kaylee. Kaylee? That's a good question. Just maintenance. Oh, maintenance. Go. Yeah. Who would have thought of that? No one ever thought to email maintenance until Kaylee Adams came along. Great work by Kaylee. I don't picture maintenance having an email. I would think of there more of a phone call. You know, yeah. that's very high-tech maybe that maintenance was the, department here. Maybe yeah. that was the issue. <laughs> Perhaps. All right, so the Indians have ironed out some issues since we last spoke. Another great Another transition. great transition in a history of podcasts full of those. Um, when we last spoke, they were really struggling, coming off a miserable road trip. They since came home. Home cooking was good to them. Uh, swept a couple series against the Twins and Marlins. The Marlins series in particular against a fellow contender uh, was, was a pretty uh, exciting one, and, uh, especially the way it ended. As I, as I wrote on the Twitter, I said, most exciting or craziest... I don't know what I said. Something about it being the craziest Indians-Marlins game since a certain game in 97, <laughs> as we all know. But, uh, yeah, obviously uh, the, the home cooking is just continues to be good for this club in general. Yeah, it's the splits are actually really dramatic, um, especially offensively for this team uh, compared to what they do on the road versus what they do at home. And I, I think that's why the team did express such confidence when they were on that road trip through Texas and Oakland, you know, when they were struggling. They knew they were heading back home. And they also knew that they have more home games than road games remaining. Um, you know, the schedule was kind of quirky this year with the RNC and everything, some long trips, you know, but they felt coming home, there's a lot more confidence, and I think we've seen it play out over the, the beginning of this homestand uh, with some, as you mentioned, some wild finishes, some more walk-offs. Mike Napoli hit a home run again, so that was good to see. Um, the pitching's kind of come back a little bit with the exception of the fifth spot, with their, which they're still sorting through. Uh, but, yeah, there's just something about being back home here that's really helped this team this year. So, you know, all the more reason to continue to push for that division yeah. and get in a position where you can have more home games should you get to the postseason. Yeah, and, and then you also think about the home field advantage, you know, race, which mm-hmm. is a, another element of this that will come into play at some point. Um, 
obviously the division is the first and foremost focus, but um, Indians are one of those teams with a you know interesting split home road. Maybe not quite as dramatic as I mean the Orioles have, for instance, have a very right. dramatic. Uh, the Royals last. I mean they are a team built for their home park, so home field advantage is something they really pushed for last year. But uh, you could see that being a, a sort of subplot in these last few weeks as well. Yeah, exactly. I think it's going to be interesting too if this continues into next year. You know, maybe there's a maybe there's actually some sort of trend here since they did those renovations because this has become a very offensive park this season, and it started last year more so than it had been in the past. If it happens again next year, all of a sudden you're maybe looking at a trend, and maybe that will start playing into how teams are built from now on here. Uh, but yeah, I think the home field advantage race is going to be interesting to follow down the stretch. But I mean, the Tigers that division race. Tigers are right there still, so the Indians got to keep taking care of business and uh, kind of sorting through some issues, especially back end of the rotation right now. That's a big one that they have to kind of shore up down the stretch. I got to go off, not even not even off topic, but I got to go off script for a second. Does it bother you as much as it bothers me that these renovations? They have the corner bar, of course, uh-huh. in the corner, and it says the corner Carnegie Ontario, right. reference to you know the way Tom Hamilton begins every game. But that is the corner of. East ninth, ninth. Right. and Carnegie. Yeah. Does that bother you? It never did, but it will now. <laughs> it bothers me. But anyway, I just had to get that out there. I think I've been saving that up all season yeah, to mention on a podcast. You're, but it was really pent up. Yeah, okay. We got through that. Um, the Tigers uh-huh. will not die. They will not go away. How much are you paying attention to uh, their their role in all of this? You know, I mean, obviously, I think you have to pay attention to it. The players are paying attention to it. I was, as I was interviewing... Uh, Napoli the other day, just about sort of the the road ahead for the last month. He was kind of looking over my shoulder and watching the Tigers game, and uh, he may or may not have cursed when the Tigers won. So, I mean, the players are watching it, but I think the benefit right now, or the luxury they have right now, is that little bit of a cushion, and for the first time in several years, they can control their own destiny. If the Tigers win, they just have to win to maintain where they are, they're not trying to play catch-up, which they've done over the last several years. Yeah. Um, I mean, 2013, when they made the playoffs, they had to win 10 in a row just to clinch it on the final day. You know, So it's nice for once to have them in position where they're not the team trying to catch up. That The Tigers are that team, and it is a team that the Indians have handled all season long. Uh, but you start to look ahead, lots of division games left. Mm-hmm. And that last road trip at Kansas City, at Detroit, you know, that could you know, essentially decide the season right there. Uh, since we last did one of these, the Indians brought Coco Crisp back to the uh, back to the corner of Carnegie and Ninth, and uh, of course that the uh, you know the big the big fundamental issue behind that decision was Abraham Almonte's right. uh, unavailability for the postseason as a result of his suspension. So uh, seemed like you know I know fans sometimes have trouble understanding how, and, and sometimes even we as writers have trouble understanding how the August waiver pr- process works right. and the difficulty of getting anything done in that right. month. And I would say that, uh, you know, that, that was a decent deal to get done uh, just before the deadline. Yeah. You know, like, for instance, everyone says, go get Puig. Puig's right. on waivers. Right. Well, he was claimed by a National League team, so he never even got to the Indians whether they put a claim in or not. Yeah. You know, I think Antonetti said he they put in over 100 claims, but I think on any given day they were, what, 27th, 28th, right. 29th in the priority. So guys just aren't getting to them. So Coco was a guy that cleared waivers, um, and based on his situation, they knew his $13 million option wasn't going to vest for next year based on the way he was going to be used here and the way he had been used so far in Oakland. Uh, but he still waived his 10-5 and five rights, agreed to come to Cleveland, 
and be a part-time player down the stretch and basically be Almonte's replacement should they make the playoffs. So that played a huge part in this, and now you're starting to see him get worked into the lineup a little bit more, and I think you'll see Almonte's playing time taper off a little bit. Um, while he can contribute now, they want to make sure Coco's getting in there regularly, um, and he does complement the outfield alignment. They're in a situation now where they can do a totally different outfield for facing lefties and a totally different outfield for facing righties. Um, so I think you're going to see Crisp in there mostly against right-handed pitching um, and probably in left field. And that's kind of the role they envisioned Del Monte in when he came back from his suspension. So unique situation to try and navigate through, but they got a veteran kind of experienced guy who fits the same role and will be eligible for the playoffs. And no small thing to take on a couple million bucks this time of year, you know, with a month left in the season for all the uh, right. for all the grief they take about finances around yeah. here. That was uh, that was no small thing. So we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, you mentioned Mike Napoli hitting the home run uh, here uh, on Monday, and had kind of been a long time coming. Uh, had been nearly a month since yeah, his last. Yeah, 89 plate appearances between home runs. Yeah, so it was just a tired body. What, what did you see from Napoli? Well, I, I mean, he's talked a lot about he's approaching games and plate appearance thresholds that he hasn't passed in his career. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a guy who has a, a chronic hip issue, which he has to take care of, and Francona's been very upfront about that. That's still an issue that he has to maintain. Um, so as we've gotten into the second half, we've seen sort of a flip-flop on Santana's been playing more first base. Napoli's been DHing more. They don't want to take Napoli out of the lineup, so the way to give him some rest and keep his legs a little fresher is to have him DH more. So I think what we saw during that stretch was a combination of a guy reaching this level of playing time that he hasn't done, coming off a couple of years where he was banged up with different injury issues or used as a platoon guy. So dealing with the workload, and on top of that, he's a streaky hitter. Yeah. He's a guy who can hit a ton of home runs in a, in a couple weeks span and a guy who will go through a drought like he just did. Uh, but like Santana's done before, you know, even though he wasn't having the power numbers, he was still getting on base, he was still getting hits. So now maybe down the stretch, gets a home run, you know, maybe that'll kind of find that swing again, and maybe some of the way Tito has been using him will help sort of uh, breathe some life into his bat down the stretch. By the way, you know, sometimes you ask a stupid question and you get a really thoughtful answer. I asked Napoli the other day, a really goober question. What is it like to hit a home run? And he gave me this great thoughtful answer about how you kind of black out uh, in, in that moment mm-hmm. and you're, you're around on the bases and, and then you, not until he gets back to the dugout do you start to process what just happened. Did you never hit any when you played? Well, I mean, that was a long time ago. Yeah. And they were, it's Little League, so it's, you know, there's no fence. So I, it's a different feeling than hitting the damn scoreboard like Mike right. Napoli. So yeah. I don't, anyway. Um, all right. Since we last spoke, also, September call-ups, and for my money, Percy Gardner is the best story yeah. of the September call-ups, and he's been thrown into some meaningful action here already, too. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's overcome some personal adversity, just, um, you know, and he's overcome professional adversity. You know, the Phillies released him as a minor league starter, uh, as the Indians have done with lots of pitchers, where they sort of identify, identify a guy that might look like a scrap heap guy. And they go, well, we see some attributes that could play up as a reliever or something specific. And they saw a a very powerful sinker with him and felt that if he was limited as a reliever and really focused on a few areas, he could blossom in that type of role. And that's exactly what he did since coming to the Indians farm system. He's kind of a late bloomer. I think he's 27 uh, right now as a rookie. So if he works out and that power sinker is legit and, and he ends up being 
uh, a formidable relief option. You know, this is a guy who's in his quote unquote prime age years right mm-hmm. now, and really finding himself as a reliever. Finds himself in the big leagues now after co- overcoming a lot, and it's an interesting arm to watch down the stretch. Um, they added him before. Well, I guess everybody now, if you're in the system, is already eligible for the postseason. Right. But it's a guy who will be interesting to kind of keep on that radar, and also as they project ahead to the next to next season, looking at options. So a guy like him, Sean Armstrong, Joe Colon, those guys are going to be interesting to kind of monitor uh, down the stretch. Or a guy like even Mike Clevenger is in the bullpen right now yeah. as well. Yeah, you can just you can see the appreciation on Garner's face just watching him in the clubhouse. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> talking about a guy who's thrilled to be in the big leagues and uh, certainly earned his way here. So, all right, that's the latest from uh, Jordan Bastion. I want to thank him for joining us. I want to thank Kaylee's Copier for its contributions yep. to today's podcast, and thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Cleveland Indians edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.